Welcome to Two Bits, Coins and Currency, a podcast hosted by Mitch Sanders and Doug Mudd, a production of the American Numismatic Association. Things were pretty calm for the Lincoln Cent until Lincoln's Bicentennial, when there was a lot, a lot going on. And for a good reason. I mean, here you have Abraham Lincoln. It's the bicentennial of his birth. And it was thought that uh, creating a new set of cents would be an ideal way for the Mint to celebrate this for regular issue. And in part, it runs in with uh, the Mint's focus by this time of trying to create collectible coins for the, the general public. Uh, that's where the, the statehood quarters come in. And then this was viewed as an opportunity to take advantage of a, an historical event to do something with the coins that was interesting and different. Yeah, a lot of rotating reverses in those days. Um, you had, uh, in addition to the one cent pieces in 2009, but you know, around that same time, you had, of course, the state quarters, territorial quarters, national parks quarters, westward journey, nickels, the Native American dollars with rotating reverses, presidential dollars with four per year, um, presidents being issued. So proof sets became huge because there were all these different um, different issues. And then the Lincoln cent, which from 1909 to 2008, it had the same obverse, but uh, only two different reverse designs. And then all of a sudden, 2009, you had four more designs um, representing different aspects of Lincoln's life, which we'll get into. And then there was another new design starting in 2010 that was meant to be uh, the permanent design. So there had been only three images on the Lincoln scent for almost 100 years. And then all of a sudden you had five more in just a, a two-year period. So it was really uh, a lot of change very quickly, but uh, as you said, very appropriately um, given the importance of the subject. And what I find interesting, why I like the uh, bicentennial sense, as they're known, is the designs were clearly made with numismatic issues involved so that these designs are actually, they fit quite well into a small round area. And I think aesthetically, they're some of the more pleasing coins we've done for many, many years. So the topics they chose were great, but the, the innovative way that they showed them was, I think, an important aspect of these coins. I'm ambivalent about the bicentennial designs. Um, and I've thought about these a lot. I was on the Citizens Coinage Advisory Committee when these designs uh, were in, in process of being developed. Uh, and so uh, as a committee, we provided advice uh, to the Secretary of the Treasury about, um, about which ones should be issued. You know, looking back, I, I, I think about what we thought then and, and what I think now. And I think, it's a, I think it's a mixed bag. And this is entirely my personal opinion. I'm, I don't want to claim to speak for anyone back at that time. But just my, my sense, looking at the four different uh, bicentennial designs. So to set, to set the stage, these designs were meant to portray four elements of Lincoln's life, his birth and early childhood in Kentucky, his formative years in Indiana, his professional life in Illinois, and his presidency 
in Washington, D.C. And there were these specific geographic connections. And I think, you know, birth and early childhood shows a log cabin. You really can't go wrong with a log cabin. Right. Uh, I think that's a, that's a nice design. Um, and it was considered for instead of the Lincoln Memorial back in 1959. So, you know, very clear and a very clear connection. Uh, for the formative years design, it shows Lincoln um, basically sitting on a log and reading a book. And I, I, I like this. I think it's successful and it's a good way to show what was important for Lincoln in his formative years. He was, he was the rail splitter. Like that was a huge uh, part of his biography uh, as, as he was uh, becoming nationally prominent and as he was running for president. And of course, when you get into Lincoln's biography, just how important it was to him to, to read and, and how he educated himself uh, in that way, um, that was so important. So I think the design works well, but I have to say there's one thing that bugs me about it, um, which is that if you look at the Lincoln Cent design, the formative years design, it's like if you look, it shows Lincoln sitting down, so it shows his feet on the ground and right like around his feet, there's like a little clod of earth. It's generally a blank field, but you can see like a little clod of earth representing where his feet would be on the ground. And, I, and similarly uh, with his ax, I, I don't know, those just always, it's a nitpick, but I feel like they're not necessary. Everyone knows he's sitting on the ground, his feet are on the ground. I think it's just distracting. Maybe yeah. I, I'm going to pause because I, I have more thoughts and nitpicks about the other two, but let me pause to... Uh, hear your thoughts on the log cabin and the formative years. The log cabin is not my favorite of the four designs. What I like about it is that it's clear what it is. There's no question yeah. of what it is. And it's well done. I mean, it's, it's not a bad piece of artwork and it fits within the frame very nicely. The ground line helps accomplish that. Looking at the Lincoln seat on a log, that's the, uh, that would be the second favorite of, of them for me. Because I like that image, it does evoke a lot of different things, you know, his, his reading and everything else. It didn't bother me seeing, you know, what you were talking about with the clods around his feet and all that stuff. I thought the image was um, well done in representing a young Lincoln. He's obviously associated with, with Lincoln, the log splitter, and he's also shown educating himself, which is an important feature of him. So I'm not so bothered by those. Uh, I like how it fits in. The one cent balances the, the uh, you know, his upper body leaning forward, things like that. Yeah, the, the, the part about what's under his feet, I admit that's a nitpick, but that's, <laughs> I, that's a, a hard habit to break. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I've seen other coins, uh, you know, when they did the, uh, the Star Spangled Banner, I was horrified to look in detail and see that the frigate they sold in the distance, which is a very, very minor part of the design, yeah. was, uh, it wasn't at all realistic. It was basically a rectangle with the end cut off at an angle to show the, the, hull of the ship and then the, the sails were completely wrong. But again, it was such a tiny piece that you wouldn't notice it unless you were a bit of a naval nut. <laughs> well, and I, I, I think the, the, the theme of the formative years 
it does work very well. And and log cabin too, it's very clear. And I, I I always appreciate that clarity, especially on something that's you know three fourths of an inch in diameter. Like you really you really need that. So um, nitpick aside, I think it's a it's a successful design. Based on what you said so far, um, we're probably going to have more disagreement about the the second two coins. One of them must be your favorite. I don't know which one. Um, but to me, I always, I always really struggled with these two. I felt like, uh, so professional life shows a standing Lincoln with the Illinois state Capitol in the distance. And Lincoln is kind of gesturing to the Capitol. To me, this is, it's just not clear what's going on. Um, the figure of Lincoln, it's a standing figure of Lincoln. It's off to the side. So it's like maybe half an inch tall. I mean, if you know it's Lincoln, you can sort of see that it's Lincoln, but it's just not really clear what's going on. And then gesturing at the Capitol, there were some alternative designs that showed more Lincoln at work. Um, now, the trade-off there is that it's hard to tell exactly what he's doing, like that he's, uh, you know, he was a state legislator, so he was in the state Capitol. But if you're showing Lincoln inside the building, that's harder to tell. But I, I don't know. The, that one, the professional life re reverse, just never worked for me. I felt like they're they're even to show, you know, I don't know, even just a Capitol dome or a scene of Lincoln uh, making a speech, you know, something that would have been clearer. Um, I'd prefer Lincoln doing something to a building, but I, I just that one never worked for me. What do you think about the professional life? I, I'm not bothered by Lincoln standing. I've seen enough images of Lincoln that to me, a very long, tall figure, very skinny, and then reaching out with one hand. I mean, Lincoln was an orator. You know, he, he was famous for his speeches and all that. And to me, I just assumed that they, they were showing him speaking. I didn't think of him pointing to the Capitol or anything. But, you know, I haven't studied it in my, in my new detail. Um, but the, the building I find to be a little bit jarring because to me, you either show a, a closer version of the building and you show him in front of the building in a human size. So, you know, he's 10 feet in front of it or something like that. But um, it, it seems a little incongruous, like they were, they were putting something in there to fill the space as opposed to something that, that really fits with Lincoln. Because you have to recognize it as the, you know, the, the state house, well, okay. Um, but the image itself of Lincoln, I just associate that with Lincoln when he's making speeches, because you see him in that pose. It's, it's a classic orator's pose. Yeah, and you know, that's a, that's a good point. So about the, the, um, the capital that gives it kind of a clip art feel, you know, it's like right. an orator and then a capital. And th to me, that's what makes it ambiguous. Like, if Lincoln were giving a speech, like that wouldn't be in the scene where he was giving a speech. He would be doing it in, in a different environment. And so that's, that's why I always, like he's standing there and he's gesturing and there's a building. So it, to me, it always looks like he's gesturing at the building that may not actually be what he's doing, but just the way these things are juxtaposed, that, that's how it makes it seem. Yeah. You know, that's, that's indicative of the problem is that it's, you know, like a, it's, it's different elements that are combined. Right. Therefore it's confused. Like, what is the building? What is he doing? How is and he I, going into the building? I agree with you. I think it would have been 
better if perhaps they put a podium in front of him. There were, as I and, recall, there were some designs that made it a lot clearer because this this era, this professional life era, would have also included the time of the Lincoln-Douglas debates. You know, sure. Professional life and, in Illinois. And it would have been perfect if it's clear that he's uh, making a speech because that was part of his learning process. It's part of making Lincoln who he was and he honed his public speaking during this period. Yeah, and to, to have that be a more direct connection um, would have helped to avoid even the appearance that all he's doing is gesturing at the building. But you know, for a variety of reasons, it just really never worked for me. Um, and then the presidency, this is maybe the one I'm most ambivalent about. The, the image uh, portraying Lincoln's presidency is of the Capitol, US Capitol, with the dome unfinished. The dome was under construction when Lincoln became president, so he didn't initiate the construction of the dome. But he made a point of indicating that construction on the dome was to continue even during the Civil War, as as evidence of his faith that everything would be uh, resolved uh, successfully and and the nation would be reunited, and so that unfinished capital, that idea, became symbolic of Lincoln's dedication to the Union. My concern is that to look at it, it, it may not unless you know that story, it may not be at all clear what's going on uh, in that image. It, it looks. If you know the story, it's a great representation of it, but the coin doesn't come with that story like I just told. The coin only shows the image. So I thought like the Capitol Dome would have been much clearer versus this unfinished dome, which if you get it, it's really powerful, but if not, it's just mysterious and kind of just weird. Yeah, I, when you when you say that, that makes sense. As a historian and, and all that, and understanding that story, to me, it, it's it's very clear and makes a lot of sense because it's it's representing that you know Lincoln is rebuilding the Union, which was taken apart at the start of his presidency, and the Capitol Dome is a great way to represent it. But um, given that not too many people will know that story, it would make more sense to have a complete dome. But this is the one that I consider to be my favorite, just because of the way they portray the Capitol building uh, at an angle. It, it works very nicely. It's clear what it is, but it's interesting what it is. It's not just a straight up plan view. And the fact that the dome is under construction, knowing the story, that adds a, another element to me of interest. But I, I can see where you're coming from. And that makes me think more about it in the, in the sense that, yes, perhaps a complete dome while not historically accurate, would be a clear representation of what they're trying to show. Here's Lincoln in Washington, the culmination of his career, and the culmination are the 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 making of his greatness, his being in Washington as president. Right, and it's supposed to symbolize his um, his presidency. And uh, I do I agree that the uh, the way it's rendered, like the Capitol, lends itself. Very nicely to a coin like this, and you could have you could have included the finished dome, um, not you. I mean, the finished dome could have been included um, with the same general presentation, um, and so I do. I think that part of it works very well, and you know the way the lettering is laid out uh, and all the different elements. It's just that that symbolism 
that I uh, just always struggled with. You know, if a coin could come with, you know, an index card of explanation, it would be a lot clearer. Yeah, it would be a lot more clear to the to the average person, particularly somebody uh, who's not an American or is not is not versed in the story behind it. But uh, it's I still find it to be an interesting design. And I, I, I don't want to talk you out of it because like so many things, these are idiosyncratic preferences. And I, I spent a lot of time thinking about how they're conveyed. You know, it's been, it's been a while, um, but uh, it's always to me interesting to think about from an artistic perspective. Um, and then one thing about these coins is that they're not rare by any means. There were hundreds of millions of them made, but mintages were much, much lower than for a typical year. Uh, this was during um, the economic slowdown, uh, 2008, 2009. Uh, so they're not rare, but at the same time, if you look through pennies in circulation, like you, you won't find that many of them because previous years and subsequent years have such larger mintages. But again, with hundreds of millions made, you can get as many as you want, at, you know, for a very reasonable cost, uh, you know, small cost per piece. But in circulation, they're just not out there just by happenstance. It just so happened, that's when the Bicentennial came along. Sure. I mean, their total production is only about, what, half of what was produced the previous years, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, to some, to some extent, that makes them a more interesting part of the collecting experience for for these especially for the younger audiences which is our target right one interesting thing that happened uh with these uh lincoln bicentennial coins uh we have a family friend a kid who is a coin collector and uh he was trying to find these coins in circulation they're not you know they're, they're relatively hard to find but if you look through enough pennies you will find them and you'll find multiples of them um but he was telling me when he was telling me about his experience with this he told me he was able to find like the first three of the four. So early childhood, formative years, professional life. He found those like in roughly equal quantity, but that the, the fourth one, the presidency, he had more difficulty finding. And it turns out that reflects uh, the vintages that the first three issues were roughly the same. And the fourth, the presidency issue was, you know, maybe like roughly half of the other vintages, uh, generally speaking. So, what he was finding in circulation or, or finding more, finding less was reflective of the mintages. And any experience like that is gonna be a sample and therefore imperfect, but I always found it interesting that, you know, he looked and what he found was a representation of what the mintages actually were. Yeah, that, that is interesting because that's not, my impression is that's not always the case, but I guess it makes some sense. I mean, people were, pulling these out of circulation at roughly the same rate. And that would suggest that there'd be, it'd be harder to find the others, the presidency coins. Oh, and that was the second pun unintended that I made. But oh, I, uh, the, there were a few more sense puns that we didn't, we didn't <laughs> yes. call out. Um, so yeah, they definitely crop up. So 2009, th these were meant to be uh, four issues for one year. And then in, 2010, there was going to be a new design that was going to be carried forward and, and it has been, and it's still with us. Yep. And so I was 
I expressed ambivalence about the bicentennial design, but the uh, the new design from 2010 forward, I am unambiguously a fan of this design. I think this was a great choice. It's a, a union shield with um, with a banner saying one cent and e pluribus unum, and you can see uh, you know the the different stripes. They're obviously not in color, but representing the uh, the red and white uh, as it would be on the flag. So a nice uh, just a nice image of, of the shield. It was an image that was uh, very common at the time. Um, and it's an image that still has meaning now. And so, and it's, it's, it's very clear, you know, there's no, uh, no small figures or no small elements. Um, so I, I really like the shield reverse. And I think that was, that was a, a great choice for the design moving forward. And it's interesting because I look at the shield I, I like the banner across it. So the, the coin was introduced in 1909. The, the union shield design was not a particular favorite that by that time. It had been during Lincoln's lifetime used quite a bit and appeared in many, many different settings. So as, as a historical artifact, it fits. But as far as its relevance for today, I'm not sure very many people know what the Union Shield is. Uh, I know that my non-historical friends have no idea what it represents. They, you know, it's not. If you see anything that represents something like the shield, that you expect to see the heraldic eagle, you know, the, the, yeah. that kind of thing. So it struck me as wow, I haven't seen anything like that on a numismatic item in a hundred plus years. <laughs> Not since the, the, the shield nickel was a regular image of the, the Union shield placed on a numismatic item that I'm aware of. That's a, it's a good point. It's not gonna, you're not gonna talk me out of my fondness for the design, but I, d I do definitely see your point. Um, two ways I think about it, like the, uh, the unfinished capital it's unclear what it means. It's not just that it's unclear exactly what it means. It's not clear that the particular depiction has any specific meaning at all. Like it's not, it's not really possible to understand what's being portrayed separately from the story with, with the unfinished capital. So that's why I react negatively to that one. With the shield, someone might not know the entire historical connection, but it's, you know, it's kind of like seeing an eagle. Like you may not know all the details of the eagle being the bird of the United States or exactly what it represents, but it's a, it, it's a symbol that is familiar and that people will uh, people will have some connection to, even if the entirety of it is not obvious. And I think that to me, that's what helps to carry today. The other thing is, and I always think about it this way, um, I think about this design, especially in contrast with alternative designs. So uh, when we were reviewing this on the CCAC, the, there was a design, I remember I, I, I thought this other design was gonna be the one that was gonna be chosen. Um, most of the designs we were seeing, they either showed the United States Capitol, which, you know, again, it's, it, it's a nice symbol. Um, and then there was the Union Shield, but the one that I thought was gonna be chosen or at least likely to be chosen showed uh, the American flag which I felt like looked like it's just a flag that's so small and monochrome and 
three-fourths of an inch in diameter, I thought that would have been really challenging. Um, so I especially appreciate the Union Shield, you know, for what it is, but also because thinking about the alternatives, uh, I think I, I do think this was the best of the bunch. So I, I agree with you. The one aspect that I like about this more than anything else is that it fits within the canvas it's given. So you've got the shield, it works well within that circular frame, especially with the, the legend going around. But I think the, the clincher that makes this design work is that banner with the one cent on it. It cuts across the, uh, the shield and adds an element of interest, but also makes it fit harmoniously within the circle, I think. Mm -hmm. So as a design, I think it's artistically well-balanced you know, as, as I said, I, I question how many people actually know what a union shield is. So I, I think that's true. Um, but at least people know what a shield is. Right. right. So it's, it, and that it has virtue on that basis. And, and the specific uh, intent of the design was to uh, be emblematic of Lincoln's preservation of the union. So, you know, again, coins are, I think, interesting in part because they uh, they have to convey so much information in such a small space. Like, you know, to explain to someone what a coin design means, it becomes a lot clearer. But when a coin is being handled, it's not, you know, there's no way to deliver a message that's independent of the coin itself. This is not related to the scent. That's why, uh, well, maybe slightly, I feel like um, coins should identify what is being portrayed. Like, on the you know Eisenhower dollar, it should have indicated this is Dwight Eisenhower. People in the 1970s probably knew, but coins will last you know centuries. And, sure. And historians will know, but I always appreciate that um, when there's a, a clear label, it doesn't have to be prominent, but I'm in favor of that. And in fact, there's a, there was an early design of uh, the Lincoln Memorial scent where. Um, so you and I are doing this on a Zoom and you can sometimes see this in the background of my office. I have a, a picture of it, but at the bottom of the Lincoln Memorial in this proposed design, Frank Gasparro wrote Lincoln Memorial like in, in text that would have been on the coin. Ended up not happening. That's a pretty well-known icon. Um, but just this whole idea that coins have to convey their meaning with just what's there on the coin. So sure. that's, that's a and challenge. I, and it is, it's, it's more of a challenge, I think, now than... It, in many times in the past, because there has been a, a shorthand for coins uh, that has existed since the ancient Greek period, where certain symbols were recognized by the people, by the educated people, at least who saw them to represent certain things. So you saw a Greek ruler, you could tell he was a, a king because he had a diadem on his head. It's a, you know their, their version of a diadem was a ribbon, uh, and we carried on many of the symbols, especially from the Roman period. So eagles represent sovereignty; they represent power, grace. The owl represents wisdom from the Athenian, the Athenian coinage. Um, but it, it's interesting to me that the shorthand of coinage is increasingly forgotten in the United States. We don't remember what certain things symbolize. And part of that's uh, 
mid practices, but part of it is bringing in outside artists who don't necessarily know the lexicon of numismatics. You know, what does a liberty cap represent? What does uh, uh, a um, an orb represent? That kind of thing, or what does an eagle with a shield on its breast mean? You know, right. uh, but with this, I guess one of the things with the Union Shield, you know. I don't, I'm not aware of any early representation from the time period of Lincoln and before where the Union Shield had E Pluribus Unum on it. It inv almost invariably had union on it as the word, the verbiage. Yeah, I, I, I always interpreted that as depicted on the coin as being, this, is, this has to be on the coin somewhere. Right, and how do you fit it in? Right, to make, and to, like to your point earlier about the, the one cent, you know, it's got to be there somewhere, and depending on how it's arranged, like you could have one cent on the perimeter of the coin, but then with a smaller shield, and this was like a, a good way to, to compromise, to get all these elements in, in a pretty harmonious way. So, you know, it's I, a, I would put my, representation. I would put my hat in the ring and say, I would have put the union across the top of the shield where it belongs, and then E pluribus unum, move the shield up slightly, maybe make it just a hair smaller and have E pluribus unum across the bottom underneath the shield in the ribbon. But I have no influence on this type of thing. So <laughs> that'll be my own personal design if I ever get a chance to. Uh, yeah, version two. Version two. Yes. But uh, yeah, yeah I'm, but I'm, I'm a big fan of the, of the shield design and it's, it's ongoing. Um, yeah. as, as is the penny. That's still the, the uh, biggest production. Uh, the United States Mint is of, of pennies and you know, Lincoln sent from 1909 and now it's 2021 um, and it's still going and I'm sure there will be other interesting things to happen in the future. Thanks everyone, uh, as always, for listening and uh, we'll be back with you for, for more 2Bits more um, soon. <laughs>